I got a cool uh, Christmas gift. It's called a wow stick. Uh, look. I'm already worried. Hold on. Hold on. It looks, it looks private. That, that's, that's a... <laughs> you you that's, went the same place I that's did. A, <laughs> wait. Damn. But Damn. wait. I look, okay. It's a weight. It's a shake weight. I know we're, you're right. It, I know we're friends at all, but yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Oh, the, what was it? The wow stick? It's a wow stick. It's it's a precision screwdriver. See? <laughs> Plays further the, under the, the, uh, the, the pun. That doesn't it? Yeah. See? So that Dan, cool. your your wow stick. See? Your little, is your little a bits go in there. Screwdriver. And, but like precision screws. So look look at whoops. Look at all these. Oh, that bits. is cool. Look at all those bits. I got four of these because it has bits. Well that for would explain everything. the size of the box because I'm like you pulled out the screwdriver, right? and I'm thinking that's a but huge it box. It's not the size that counts, Joe. Oh, but it has has this little Uh-oh, screw pad, <laughs> which is like a, a. Yeah, I know, right? I knew you were going there. That's why we had to record this. <laughs> that's why oh, we had no. to record this. But I'm I'm forbidden from putting this in the show, right? Whatever, I don't care. Everybody's missing out on the video portion of this, really. The wow, so the wild stick translates to. Sc- <laughs> After you're done, it just makes you say, wow. Just wow. It's the wow, wow. stick. Coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, X-Space gets a new face, CentOS rocks your world, Mozilla Watch, we wish upon a star, and... We think inside the box. Hey, and welcome to the Space of Linux users. I'm Leo. I'm Dan. And I'm... Joe in space. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on with you guys this past couple of weeks? Fun things, of course. I saw one of those posts in the Telegram group, Joe. No, see, look, I think what happened is I think somebody hacked my Telegram. And That's I, what it was. I, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It didn't sound like you at all. They're the ones posting pictures of just laptops disintegrating on screen and... Manjaro updates gone awry. That would never be me, because yeah, well, it it wasn't just your laptop though. It wasn't. No, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, yep. My whole KDE Manjaro installs hosed. I don't know. I gotta spend some time. Of course, it, it happened. You know, I don't know. Forty minutes before we started this. So <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, There's plenty of time. Plenty of time. Thankfully, of I was able to get into GNOME on Manjaro still because I have them both installed on this machine and it's all running. Well, something worked. Seems to run fine. I just had to give backup kernel, but you know, not just the backup kernel. So not just 5.9, it had to do the 5.9 in it, whatever, dealy bob, and then do that one. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, if you want to learn more, go read all the red giant letters on the GNOME, I mean, on the Manjaro <laughs> forums these days. Oh, wait, hold on. So did they warn you of this or was this just something that I, uh, they found out after the fact? No, I think it's just, if you read their, it, it says basically, we broke a lot of stuff. We know you're mad, but this is why we did it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so oh, you know, I, so it's still oh. your fault. It's still our. It's definitely my well, of fault. Of course, um, it's always your fault. Did you not see yeah, that? Yeah, well, that, I know. It's I know always how, your I fault. I know how this works. Uh, we, I have a, I have a <laughs> love hate relationship. This is the first time Manjaro's really, really failed me that fast. Well, so it didn't just happen. So earlier today, <laughs> it's just a comedy of errors. But I already told you guys my laptop. So. I all of a sudden I think my EFI partition got corrupted. I don't know how that could happen because it's not like I install hundreds of distros uh, no, throughout no, the year. I, there's no way I'm abusing that EFI partition. But uh, for nah. some reason, I think it got corrupted or something happened. I couldn't get into Windows on that machine, so I thought, fine, I don't have time for this. I'm going to go get in Manjaro because I want to play around with this. Uh, X-Face 4.16, because, you know, it's so drastically different now. I thought, man, I'm not even going to recognize it. So I'm like, <laughs> well, night and day. I, t- I don't have time yeah, to, to install it on hardware. I'm going to throw it in GNOME boxes and get it going. And uh, so I get into my install and I'm like, oh, I've got some updates. Let me run these updates. And hey, you should re- you know, you should restart. We just did these updates and then it's borked. So I... <laughs> So the, the 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 where I'm at is I was able to get into Manjaro because I have Refined. Well, Refined takes you directly to the OS, not to Grub. So, and I think I could get into Manjaro, but I need to get into the Grub menu and load the older kernel because I think it's that it's on 5.10, whatever. And I think it's broke a bunch of junk. And, but I can't get to that because of the thing. And I've just... I'm going to blow the whole laptop out. I'm just going to wipe the whole thing and start over. I'm just done. I'm just... Hey, and then maybe you can keep it to a more reasonable two or three distros. May Probably not. But no, again, no. I, I, this is the kind of, there is somebody at home listening to this going, oh, that would wreck my, it's not like I'm, I'm begging for trouble all the time. I am like repeatedly doing things you're not supposed to do because I want to see if you can do it or break it or so it's. Like, I'm not upset about it. All my stuff's backed up. Wink. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, unlike that one time I that didn't back up Papa West, but we won't go back to that. I mean, how many episodes ago was that? I mean, it was a lot. It was, you know what? It was, <laughs> it was a lot. It was probably like 10, I don't know, 10 episodes Two. ago. That's a long way. Oh, was Two. it really that early? Papa West, uh, when did we uh, do Pop? That was like our. Was that our first? Yeah, well, that was when you installed it, but when you really broke it, oh, it was I only like it. a couple episodes. Yeah, it was a couple yeah. episodes. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, we're on 14. So, hey, this is episode 14, so there's at least 10 episodes Well, that, that all happened in 2020, right? It's, so we can forget about that and just we can gonna, move on. Yeah, we don't remember that behind that us. We don't, that, that year's done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, forget, so it's been a fun. Forget about that. It's been fun. RMRF 2020. Yeah, that'd be good. Yes. Um, yeah. Hey, I do have a, a, a networking noob corner if anybody uh, would yeah, like to. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a quick one. Um, so, uh, Plex. You know, we talked about Plex a lot lately. So oh, I was yes, running yes. Plex. I, was, I, had, I have had a Plex server for a while. And all of the sudden, and this is really weird because my network has not changed, but all of the sudden, I'm watching Plex and the TV and I'm like, this looks bad. Like, Ooh. this is a Blu-ray. This should look you know, at least 1080p-ish, you know, good quality. So I'm just, I'm, I'm checking settings. I, I checked to make sure the server hadn't updated or something and it hadn't. And I'm checking, 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 and I, I can't figure out anything. And then I go, you know what? This is like, I bet this is like 720p. Why would it be 720p? What, why is it downgrading the quality? And I saw that the remote, so if you were looking at it outside your network, 
it was mm. streaming at 720p. And I go, why does it think that's outside my network? Hmm, it's the living room. So I had uh, some uh, Wi-Fi, uh, little Google Wi-Fi pods that I've yep. had for a while. Yep. I've got my Ubiquiti set up, which is, handles most of my internet traffic, but it was hitting the network. The Wi-Fi was actually on par with the Wi-Fi, with the Ubiquiti and the Google Wi-Fi were on par coming off of the same little switch. Yep. And before it had always treated them as one network, but all of the sudden, because the Wi-Fi was not a layer below the Ubiquiti switch, which it makes sense now that you think of it that way, it was treating as if it was going over the WAN and and streaming uh, it across the house outside. Yeah. So um, anyways, I just had to move my Wi-Fi to the next tier down, which was fine, but it was weird because it was like that for six months. I don't know. Well, six months. When did I? When did we talk about me putting in the Ubiquiti stuff? That was a long time ago, feels like. Yeah, well, it was. It was definitely hot. That was early episodes. Yeah, it's like 30 yeah. degrees now, so it's it's it was hot then. There is a way to fix that without having to do networking jazz. Hmm. Uh, in the settings, there, there are two places that you can set things about networks. You can add in a list of networks. You got to know a little bit of uh, network lingo, the CIDR notation. Uh, so yep. you can mark a network that is not local, but you can treat it as local. And so if you have like, you know, on your LAN, you want original quality. Yep. It will just default to that, you know, regardless of where it is. It could be, you know, across the world. Yes. Matter. So I still did have to do that. Oh. I, st- I still had to do that because it is a it's a separate because it's um because it's and and the Google Wi-Fi is going I will eventually have ubiquity spots in here but right the because it is its own subnet it it has its own you know for the Wi-Fi it was still treating yeah, it yeah. as a, even though I put it coming off of the switch um mm-hmm. it was still treating it as so I did have to go in and put in my subnet mask and to 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 keep it as a approved network Huh? Yeah. So well, that's Google does wild. its own little. It does has its own network. Exactly. On it, your it's Google network. stuff, it would not let me do. So they won't let me do pass through. Google will not allow you to do pass through if you have more than one. So if you have one of their little pucks, you can do it because then it's just operating as like a Wi-Fi router. But if you're doing a mesh network, which I have three of them, it will oh. not allow you to do. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is the pass through? It's a uh, what you use to pull your IP address. What is that? DHC, oh, it won't DHCP. let you do a DHCP yeah. pass-through. So it is treating it as an its own separate like network. So I had to put that into, Eesh. yeah. Isn't that nuts? That, that's, a, that's a point in their corner. Because um, we were talking about it before. Well, maybe we weren't talking about it. I don't know. I was talking about it to somebody. Um, about how you know things like IoT things should just be on their own network. And yep. well, sounds like if you have more than one puck, Google kind of does that for you it already. Does. Now, I won't buy them because I don't trust Google any further than I can throw them. Right. But that is a nice touch, and I do it appreciate is. that that is a thing. That's really cool. That, yeah. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. annoying if you're if you're into networking and you want things to well. just work and you <laughs> assume that you can just do, oh, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to do DHCP. And then I went in and it said it's possible. So I'm like, well, but it won't let me do it. It's grayed out. I'm like, this is really weird. Why can't I do yeah. this? And it was, I had to look and find, but now it's working. So, yeah. and that was the only glitch I had was that, that service. Everything else worked pretty seamlessly. Like my IOT stuff worked right. fine and all that. It was just Plex for whatever reason. Didn't like it. Yeah. So. Well, that, yeah, that makes sense. If it's, if it's on a different network, then Plex will treat it that way yeah. and downgrade you. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, networking noob 101, even though I've been doing networking for eh, 20 years. <laughs> 
20 plus years. Yeah. It, it <laughs> happens to the best think, of us. You do, you, do you really think to check your IP address and what it is no. because it's all on your network and you control it? I'm on this. I'm underneath the same umbrella router. Like I'm thinking like it's fine, but it, it, yeah. it had isolated itself. So yeah. Yeah. Well, nice touch. Yeah. Nice touch. Good. Good on you, Google. You will never hear that again on this podcast. <laughs> not not for probably me. not. Nope. No, no. <laughs> but I, I will say about Plex, um, I did I did finally get into uh, rebuilding my NAS. So I ended up finishing that up. Um, I had Nextcloud running separately, and then Plex, uh, Plex running directly on my NAS. Well, that's all consolidated now. I bought a Western Digital uh, Blue five twelve gig NVMe drive to put the OS on to have a big old fat Plex library there their um what it, it lives in like varlib Plex media whatever right. that, the database yep. mm-hmm. um so that would run extremely fast and I was on a 128 gig drive before and I think I was almost up to 100 gigs so there's a lot of there's a lot of thumbnails That's a big made. database yeah. Oh so it keeps the the da- oh oh okay I got gotcha. you yeah. I lost you for there for a second so just the da- the the database that's awesome Yep, because every little thing that you mm-hmm. have in there, like every photo you have in there has a thumbnail and that lives in the database yeah. and then every movie, every audio, everything. Yep. So yep. I wanted that to just continue chugging along and I didn't want to have to think about it. So I just bought a big old NVMe drive uh, to make it faster. And I'm on Ubuntu 20.04 now. So Ooh. for the long haul. Fancy. That's good. For four-ish more years, we'll see yeah. how long that uh, that lasts. But I, I imagine as long as uh, there's no hardware failure, um, that will that will just keep chugging along. And yep, I did um, Nextcloud, so I was torn. Uh, I I want to do Docker. I want to move things over to Docker, but I'm very very familiar with the way that Snap and Nextcloud work together. So just to alleviate all of my this data is important, um, I just went with Snap on Nextcloud. But it's super simple to set up. And on the drive that I'm using for Nextcloud, I did swap over to ButterFS as well. Oh. So lots of changes, lots mm, of things. Wow. And I wanted to do this so that I could scrub it periodically and check for yep. uh, you know bit rot and all of that kind of stuff because backing up broken bits, what good is a backup if the bits are broken in the first place, right? So exactly. just for protection on that. And I've got it R-syncing to a uh, uh, same size drive uh, every night. And so uh, you know, worst case scenario, I lose 12 hours, whatever I added in the last few hours or something like that. Uh, on that machine, but it's it is fantastic. And but now I don't have any kind of web interface. It's all if I need to get at it, it's command line only. So you're I'm, a professional. I'm living the dream now. You're it's, a professional. It's all, it's all bareback. So nice. I, I really enjoy it now, though. But I am getting into Docker. I did. Um, uh, I had mentioned that my SSD died. That was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. That, yeah. that machine that died. It turns out the SSD is fine. I I threw a hundred gigs at that two hundred gig SSD, two hundred something gig SSD, and it wrote just fine. I can retrieve all the data just fine. So I don't know what that was about, uh, but it turns out what died was the flash drive that ESXi was living on. So separate oh. machine. This is what I was talking about in the last episode that that died. Um, yeah, the flash drive died. Like not detectable in any system I plug it into. It's just dead, dead, dead. Yeah. So I replaced that, put ESXi 7, yay, back on yes. there. Uh, so I did take the opportunity to upgrade and then, uh, yeah, re-imported the VMs that uh, I didn't accidentally nuke, uh, accidentally nuke that SSD to test it. Whoopsie. I was yeah. like, I mean, it's dead anyway, right? It was not yeah, dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So, but everything is now running again. 
VMs on ESXi that I'm running a bunch of Docker stuff on, which is fun to play with, uh, playing with Mumble Server and Git T for my own little okay. uh, Git repository here locally, which is fantastic. Um, and wow, man, there's a lot of stuff about Docker that they don't have in the uh, getting started docs. You got to dig. Boy, yeah, there is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but it's fun. Um, I, I really enjoy this whole Docker train that I'm uh, that I'm getting on. And my NAS is happy again. It's not on Debian 8 that's been out of uh, end of life for a while. Right. Whoops. A while. Debian yeah. 8. So You know how to pick them. Yeah, em. man, that was... It was a long one. Uh, I was on the, um, not Debian maintaining it, but these other people that maintain it. I was on that channel. Yeah. yeah. No, I needed to be off of that. So It's like, welcome yeah. to the afterlife. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Extended, extended, extended life. <laughs> yeah. But everything's happy now. Uh, everything is nice and settled, and I don't have to tinker with much anymore. It's all good. Cool. Very cool. Topic time. Let's uh, start at the top of this thing with XFCE. They just had themselves a, I'm going to call it major. I assume it's major. It caused some waves. Those icons are a little different. But 4.16, it's major. You know what's major about it is it took three years less to make it than the last jump. So that's pretty major. Absolutely. (laughs) They they did announce a little while ago that there was a slight delay, but it wasn't going to be the two-year delay that they had <laughs> last time, which is good. No, it's excellent. I think uh, you know, having you know, meet your target is is a good sign. Yeah is um is this a sign of the way that it's going to come down now? Is it going to be kind of a yearly thing where round Christmas time they're like, hey, Merry Christmas, new version of XFCE. That would be kind of cool. It would be. I think it would be good. And it'd be good for the project. Yeah. yeah. And they, and I mean, if they really diligently work on it and release every year for the next 20 years, it, it might even get up to date with GNOME and KDE. So, uh, you know, it's you cool. You know, I, I think, I really do think XFCE is, it, it, it's positioned well. It is, it's not trying to be lightweight anymore. I think they kind of lost that title or, you know, lost the running in that title when they moved everything to GTK3. They were starting to feel a little bit uh, of that in 4.14. But I think overall they're they're positioned well. I I hesitate when it comes to picking a desktop environment that I want to put on something that, you know, that I'm not going to use every day. Like if I need a graphical interface on top of a server or something like that. Um, you know, XFCE kind of moved up a little bit for me in the running because right now it's it's either Mate or uh, LXQT, and you know the answer is LXQT. That's that's what I'm running now on a machine that I'm just running. Solid choice. Yay! Hey, you know what, what can I say? <laughs> but uh, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm running a little one browser, like a little tiny browser in a, in a one quadrant. And in the other three quadrants, it's uh, it's just command line running by BPytop on stuff. So, yeah, I don't I don't need a lot of you know flash on that. But right. um, you know, if I were to do it all over again, now that I know what I'm looking at, XFCE might be a pretty good choice for that. I I enjoy the flash too much. I think not not flash, not Adobe Flash. That's that's dead, thankfully. It's- but bling, um, yeah, bling. the uh, the bling. There you go. Are you maintaining a, an Adobe Flash repo somewhere? Is you know that, what? So oh, jeez. I hope I, not. I guarantee you, Flash <laughs> will not be dead for the tinkerer groups. Those Eesh. people will keep it alive forever. That needs to go away. 
Yeah. As far as the web goes, please go away. Stay yeah. away. Yeah. Never come back. But for but but there are a lot of sites that are built on Flash, and well, there are there's a, there's a lot to be said about keeping stuff like that around, and we should keep that stuff around. But just like we don't run DOS, we have DOSBox. <laughs> now we can have Flashbox or whatever <laughs> right, right. that is. Yeah, that would be okay. Sand, sandbox it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But have it nowhere near your your password store on your browser. <laughs> I'll agree with you with XFCE. I think it has a place, right? It is not GNOME. It has the GTK toolkit. So it's not nearly, you know, so it's not nearly as heavy because it's not GNOME. Um, but it, it's not going for the lightweight, you know, distro, like you said. I'm yeah, sure. I, I think they even say as much that, that it did yeah, gain it a few megs on startup. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it did because it, the GTK toolkit is just a little heavier, yeah. but it doesn't have all the, the bling that you talk about. Um, you know, the animations, the thing flying off the screen at you doesn't have any of that. But one thing I do like is they put some serious, uh, time into the new icons they've got, uh, and, and the color palette in 4.16. I think those are the standout things that you see. And they really look good. I think it's a nice look for them. The icons, I don't care what anybody says. The icons are some of the best icons out there. Yeah, I, I will rip out whatever icons anything comes with, and I'll just throw in uh, Papyrus. Is it Papyrus? Oh, I yeah, think Papyrus I is the yeah. one. Papyrus? Yeah, um, is yes, is it? I don't know. It's probably sure. named after, you know, that ancient paper, Papyrus. Maybe. Papyrus. That yeah. one. Maybe. And every single time, right? Every single time, I will put those icons in there. But now, the icons that XFCE ships with is—they are nice. They are very I think nice. They—they so. yep. they are now a contender. I'm gonna now. The next time I, I decide to make an icon change or something like that, yeah, this is gonna be in the running too. So XFCE has kind of crawled up that ladder of you know things I think about when I wanna when I wanna put something together. Uh, it's 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 up there. It's it's way up there now. Yeah, it's familiar. You know, so that's good. Right, Joe, your favorite? You guys know it's my favorite. I mean, XFCE yeah. has long since of course. been where I go, make... go back to the Manjaro show where I was on XFCE, and you'll hear me sing its praises. Right, right. They were right, amazing. Right. No, uh, XFCE it just burns the eyes out of my skull. <laughs> but <laughs> hold on. But I'm I'm going to say that I really do like the icons. As I was looking, there, mm-hmm. there's the way they have the settings. Yeah. Layout. So. I tell you the way I I was thinking about this, like how how could I use like what would make me, how could I appreciate this more? Because obviously there's they're putting work into it, and and just because it's not my style doesn't make it bad. It just means it's not my my thing. But yeah, uh, as I loaded this one up, and I have been kind of uh, tweaking with it, I do like the the icons. I do like I'm a I'm a dock at the bottom kind of guy like gnome the first thing I do if I'm on gnome is I, I put a dashed dock in the bottom which I know that's supposedly going to be there by default I think coming soon in the next release for gnome but potentially but uh mm-hmm. but I I always That'd be nice. so I I installed XFC I'm like ooh oh there's a dock down there okay it's way too small but maybe I can tweak it the the icons are better looking I, I think they stole an icon from Apple I don't know. The oh, one wait, at which the top one? Of the Hold set. on. So go to the, look at the uh, settings manager. What's that icon oh, at the yeah, top the... left? Tell me that's, those yeah. aren't some, uh, some Apple toggles. 
the toggles. Yeah, those are, those are some Apple toggles. You know, maybe but a little <laughs> different. A little different. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, th- there's definitely inspiration there yeah. that we may be able to draw parallels to. Right. And I'll tell you what, the thing that's always killed me about XFCE is it felt bland. So not so yeah. much even oh, animations yeah. and stuff, just the colors right. just felt like drab. This, like, this fixes that. Yeah. This this has a little bit of pop to it. Like it just, it, it the, the colors pop. I like the icons they've chosen. Um, the default applications, that, that little quadrant. I, I, anyways, I, I think it looks... Really nice. Um, I need to find a dark setting. I don't know if there's they, a dark. There thing. is a dark. Yeah. Is there? Yeah, oh, you yeah. got Greybird Dark. Oh, Greybird Dark. Not yeah, so, in here by hey, default. Now that sounds like some high praise to me, Leo. I mean, coming from, from someone that does not like XFCE. Um, yeah, I, I think so too. And, you know, I'm in that same boat where, you know, it, it, it was just, it would never even be, wouldn't even come on my radar. It just wouldn't. But now, um, yep. They've made some nice stylistic choices that I really, really agree with. I enjoy what it looks like way more now than ever in the past. Arc dark. Yeah. It looks good with arc dark. Arc dark. Yeah, well, that's, that's good too. That's what Manjaro gives you uh, as well, isn't it? I think so. And then yeah, modified so. arc dark, something like that. But yeah, I mean, it looks good. Yeah. It, it looks pretty good. I like it. Joe, another thing for you is the fractional scaling. Yes. So you'll be able to mm-hmm. yes. run that on that crazy laptop that you got. Like, yes, the 12K yeah. 15-inch monitor. Yeah. So, well, we'll talk a little bit about that later because we're going to do some sure. things that we want to see. But yes, but, I, I am always happy to see fractional scaling. Um, I, I would, if I could donate a 4K screen to every, at least one to every developing group, that would, oh, please, please, people, please, please get one. Sure. Let's all donate one. Let's help them all. Okay. Let's do it. Well, I don't have any to donate because I don't buy 4K because I, I don't, don't want to have to deal either. with fractional scaling. <laughs> but that's just avoiding it's also the, the smart issue. move. That's not, it is. It's, and it's, I'm going to stay on 1080p and 1440p forever. Yeah. Well, 1440 is definitely my sweet spot. These the my three monitors here are now all 1440s. I got yep. I took my 4K, moved it somewhere else. But my laptop, I mean, the XPS, that's just what it comes with. And yep. it's a beautiful display. Uh, yeah, you know, and it doesn't come with a magnifying but it's, glass, so it's really small. To get so skin. trying to get that 4K right. in that, you know. Do you remember on the Game Boy when you used to buy you used to buy a snake light for it because it didn't have any internal right. lights or anything right. like that, and you bought a magnifying, magnifying glass, glass to put on it. Yeah. So maybe you just need to get one of those for your That's laptop. That, that'll and then look stop great. Stop mussing with yeah. this uh, with this fractional. I'll basically have some Urkel glasses sitting over my laptop. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I mean, seriously, yes. and it, and it works pretty well as a privacy screen because if right. you look at that at an angle, you it just doesn't come it. out right. Yeah, maybe I could stop wearing glasses. That'd be great. It's a good idea. Yeah, two birds. I'm gonna look into uh, that. Somebody, somebody, start a GoFundMe. All Co- right, Coke I'm bottle ready. XPS 15 glass cover. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I think was a long time coming was uh, Thunar now has uh, a pause button when you're moving big old huge files. Yeah, that is nice. If things start to slow down, you can press that pause button and let everything catch up, and then you know let it go again. I think it's funny in the uh, in the in the tour that they've got. Uh, they are obviously in XFCE, and they are transferring an XFCE ISO, so XFCception going on there. Oh, it's a, it's a Zubuntu. Is it Zubuntu? Zubuntu. Zubuntu. Zubuntu? Okay. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're, they're transferring Zubuntu. So a little Zubuntuception. Does, uh, does the super key not do anything in XFCE? It does. 
So <laughs> it is not bound to the menu, though. Oh, and I, I know that is jarring because I think that's that's pretty There's universal at this it point. Is. I, I, I know. Like, I've been sitting here pushing it because I'm going to tell you the way I could survive XFCE. To be honest, the thing that that kills me is the the menus upon menus upon menus. Like I, that, I, I I just don't really care for that. So everything else would be fine if I could hit super key and just type what I want to do like I do in GNOME or KDE, that's fine. Then I don't ever have to look at that abomination well, of a menu. But go for Super W because okay. whisker menu, Super W. Uh, yeah, it didn't do anything either. It didn't? No. Oh, well, well, it should. Not on this You're one. You're in GNOME boxes, though. So I am in maybe, boxes, maybe, so maybe it's not... Uh, maybe, maybe that's not getting passed through. Yeah, um, yeah it's doing some trickery there. I believe Super W opens up the whisker menu. Okay. I believe. It I would be, be nice. Having super bound to the menu means whenever you have super plus something else, it, it captures the menu every time. So oh. I understand the frustration because we have a similar issue um, where open box, if you, if you allow that to have a super plus something in open box, it, it seizes it right up and you can't use mm. it for something else. Yeah. So you need to. Neat, you know, there's there's some frustration there. I get it. Yep. And it looks like I think um, they may have fixed the issue that I had. Speaking of that Manjaro episode that we did a while back, um, one of the things that I could not do was close the laptop lid and um, just let the display that I had connected to it just work. Uh, otherwise, that display would just turn off. Right. Well, mm -hmm. and, and I was going through all the little, you know, back road settings that you could get to, to try and make that work. And I could not get it to work. But now it looks like in their uh, XFCE4 Power Manager applet, uh, it looks like that's an option now. Laptop lid, do nothing. Yes. That's all that's I good. want. Do, don't suspend. <laughs> don't, no, I literally told you don't do that. So yeah, that, that is, um, that, that was the, that was the biggest sore spot for me because of the way that I use uh, my laptop a lot of times. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need two screens. I just need a big screen. And that's, uh, that was a big sore spot for me. So it looks like that's cleaned up. I like that. Yeah. I think all in all, welcome improvements. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And that, that's another reason why it's just such a contender now. I okay. I need something uh, a little on the less flashy side. There is, I'm in, okay, I found the commands. It's not super, there's no super. Because I no. it's working because I did super uh, super P oh uh, to do I've I've been trying out the supers they don't they have a you can do the the XF desktop menu which is Control Escape which makes all the sense in the world to hit Control Escape if I want to bring up a menu um, right? you know maybe maybe this is because you're running it on Endeavor could be maybe they That's have some true. custom that, you know they so, may have some custom so yeah keybinds. to be fair we wanted to go try out 4.16. There's very yes. few places that you can go get it as of yet. And Endeavor is one of them. We even tried like, uh, who was it? Dan? Who did you say? Open Sousa. I tried open Sousa. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, think I could have done uh, a Zubuntu daily, um, you know, the here suit uh, mm. that has not yet been released. I, I do believe it's there. Um, I haven't checked, um, but yeah, it's very new. So it's hard to find. Yeah. I, I, I spun up, Endeavor OS as well for the same reason. And yeah, I mean, looks good. I like it. I like it. Ah, Alt, Alt, F3. Perfect. But on my not keyboard, it has a function key. So it's Alt, Function, F3. It's not even F2. And that'll that open up the like, application finder. 
Alt okay. And then you have your applications right there, and then you can type. Alt F3. I'm sure you can change those. I'm sure. To your I'm sure someone is screaming at their car radio right now. You dummies, you can change it. Don't you know you can change it? It's XFC. You can make whatever. Yes, I know. I'm just out of the box. And we heavily theme it, by the way. Yes. Right? I hear that a lot. Right. There are a lot of custom themes It's heavily themed. We don't use Greybird. It does. And that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. I just, Alt F3 is just not my, you know. I'm a super kind of guy, you know, just just smack the super key. You're a super guy, Lee. Ah, super R. There it is. It's, it's not even Valentine's yet. I feel like that would be written on a card. You're that a sounds super like a Valentine's guy card. with a little heart on it. Super uh, super R is it, guys. It's super R. Super R. All super right, run. super R. Brings up a small application finder, which it brings is just up a search. The, the R menu. Yes. The runner. Makes runner. Sense. runner brings oh, up a runner. runner. Okay, yeah, super that makes R. sense. Okay, I could live with super R. That makes R. way more sense yes. than R menu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where did you get Super W? Oh, Whisker. You were thinking Whisker. Whisker. Maybe you don't have the Whisker menu installed, so maybe that's why Super W doesn't work. Maybe. Maybe I should ah uh, put that. Also in there. true. It was on. It was. I. I. I spotted it on the tour page. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super R. All right. Cool. Final thoughts on XFCE. What do you guys think? Keeper. Yeah, I, I'm glad it, they made some improvements. I like. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as uh, I'm going to say this is- I'm not going to be running it. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I'm going to say this as unfacetiously as possible. I think they are making some nice progress. I know there are a lot of people in the Linux community that love this desktop environment. And love, love, love. I hope they like these changes. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling this is going to be a struggle because I think the thing they did like about it the most is that it's pretty consistent and doesn't change a lot. So these are minor tweaks- Nobody, this shouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. I don't think this isn't like GNOME 2 to GNOME 3. Like, no, <laughs> like this no, is no, very, no. very minor little tweaks. And I, they, they look nice. You know, uh, you can put a little makeup yeah. on the pig. It's good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope they continue. Yeah. I hope they continue and, and iteratively make some, some nice changes. Yeah. Well on you guys. Yeah. yeah. Still not for me, but, um, and I think that's mostly because I grew up with GNOME 2. I mean, my my early Linux days were GNOME too, so that's why I opt for Mate a lot. Um, and LXQT, um, because I'm kind of getting into Plasma, um, you know, just staying on the QT stack. Because Plasma's nice. the jam. Oh, Plasma's so good. Plasma's so good. I can't stop Plasma-ing, it's guys. Hard. I can't. It's hard. <sighs> so next up, CentOS gets dropped. CentOS got dropped like a bad <laughs> habit. Yeah, it got dropped, dropped right over it the edge. Got, yeah, yeah. Oh. gone. Mm. Yep. So, so not not CentOS Stream. That that that's still doing its thing. But yeah, CentOS Linux is no more. Yeah, it got dropped like Bitcoin in 2017, buddy. Ooh, wait, wait. So what Ooh. you're telling me is CentOS is going to rise again? Well, I don't know. I'm at 37,374 on Bitcoin today, guys. Ooh. Look at that. It's just skyrocketing. I think it is going to rise again, but it might not be called CentOS. That's exactly it. CentOS by another name. Yeah. So the <laughs> the backstory of this is just with CentOS, it tracks RHEL. That's how that works, right? So RHEL 8 comes out, give it a little while for the CentOS folks to put all those packages together and put a distribution together and give that to you. And that would be called CentOS 8. And it typically, I mean... For all of CentOS's existence that I know of, I mean, at least since five, you've had this situation where it tracked the end of life of RHEL as well. Correct. Well, CentOS 8 didn't do that. Well, they 
started that way, right. maybe, but <laughs> it didn't. They they pulled the the rug out, so the the announcement was not so great. They had a Manjaro moment. We're talking ten years here. Like this, mm-hmm. this is not. Oh, it's going to be supported for two years, three years, four years. No, no, no. Ten years is the type of support that we're talking about here. And um, what did we end up with? Like two. Two. Is it running yeah. through the two end of this year years. or next year? Next the year. The end of this year, December oh, twenty twenty one, I believe. Right. Yes. We're in twenty twenty one. We're here. Yeah. That's, that's, we that's are. Right. Okay. <laughs> we have year. arrived. Yeah. So everybody that just finished their deployments, you know, November. Hey, um, you ready to move again? (laughs) No. (laughs) But is it that bad? So the the way it was tracking before was like you had Fedora, you wait some years, and then you've got CentOS Stream, and then a little short while later, that ends up in RHEL, and then a little short while later, that ends up in CentOS. Right, as fast as they can package it together, that's when right. it ends up in so, CentOS. Yeah, a few and, weeks, and that, that varied. That time varied actually, yeah. depending on their own bit. schedules and how much they sure. could, how much time sure. they could put into it. It's only a couple people working on it full time, right? So it it took some time. Understood. Mm-hmm. So is it that bad if you had to go from trailing rel to leading into rel? I mean, I guess it depends on your use case. I think right. it's still very stable. I don't think it's something that you'll you'll find is is like cowboyish at all. I think um Yeah, it ain't Fedora. It, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's not Rawhide or anything. No. It's not Arch. It's not any of that, right? It's still very I'll say very tested um before it gets rolled out, you know, to the mass. Do you know group. what the the qualifier is for making it into CentOS stream from Fedora? Like, what is the... Oh, a lot of time. Is it just time? Off. Is it... Well, um, no, not everything tracks either. Right. I got you. Not everything from Fedora comes into RHEL. So, like, you know, Fedora's on ButterFS. I mean, the, the group in RHEL can just say, no, nah, we don't want that. That right. We're just going to stick right. with XFS forever. I mean, they have. And, you know, they can decide whether or not it's going to hit uh, CentOS and then later RHEL. But yeah, I mean, CentOS Stream. So if we're on RHEL, what are we on? 8.3? Something like that? We uh, are now, I think, yes. Yeah. So CentOS Stream is now positioned at 8.4. So they are just, as the packages comes in, as as they're tested, and, you know, this is where they get, you know, this is where they become bulletproof right. in CentOS Stream. Not that not that they are not bulletproof going in there, just that, you know, we're, we're 99% sure they're enterprise ready. And then the leap to RHEL Leap, huh? You like that? Uh, yeah. To rel yeah. is um is just a little a little ways away. Yep. And then by the time it gets to rel, it's obviously very smooth. They right. they hate to roll anything out to paying customers that that don't work right. I mean, right. so. But you said yeah. the operative word. You said paying customers. Correct. And there 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 are two there are two prongs to this that um that I want to talk about. And I mean, one of them okay. is paying customers, right? That I think is why CentOS stream or a CentOS Linux is no longer with us. But right. the this this is where it prongs out for me. The first thing I think is that now that you don't have CentOS Linux, you don't have that influx of folks anymore. But I heard promises that Rel's gonna give you more than the one 
development yes. license that they give you, right? Because mm-hmm. they give you one. You can sign up for the RHEL developer or whatever and go get Correct. one copy of RHEL to test on and do all that stuff with. You know, it was for developers, not for enterprises to, to test on, really. Um, right. But I, you know, whispers of you're supposed to get more. And that would fill that gap. That would maybe, depending on how many you get, I guess. Um, so there's that. I know there's a, a an accounting push to try and convert more. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, they're they trying to make money. I, you it can't fault them for that. No. That's what they're well, trying it, to do. Yeah. They have paid developers working on that full time and they're not getting the return on investment. So it's hard to blame them. They do run a business. Yeah, I think this was inevitable. I, I, you know, when, when they acquired CentOS, I mean, I, I, I always had it in the back of my mind that this was kind of inevitable. Yeah. Oh, when they, when they announced Stream, I was thinking that, boy, that yeah, what is this about? days are really numbered, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, it would seem so you might say, well, you know, Fedora is free, but just from a business standpoint, they gain something by Fedora being free and out in the wild as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. all of that is flowing downstream uh, to CentOS Stream eventually and then to RHEL. So a lot of the stuff gets fleshed out. So there is benefit to having the community engagement. You have, well, we when we did our Fedora episode, there, the reason they started with Fedora was to get that. Uh, community developing behind it. So yeah, yeah. So there is no. Correct me if I'm wrong. They don't get anything back from CentOS because it's at the tail end of the line. It's it's after. Yeah, not, and, yeah, and so it, so to make the distinction, they don't get anything back from CentOS Linux. Yes, they CentOS will Linux. get something back from CentOS Stream. Right, because correct. it's 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 again upstream from from Rel. Right, and so they it get makes that. sense that they want to push everybody there. If you, okay, fine. Hey, you want to stay on the CentOS? Great, but we need you over here, buddy, because yeah, we we got to get something out of this. Again, to Dan's point, we're paying developers, and this is a business. We're trying to be a business. Um, yep. so I, I can understand that, but I also understand being in the Linux community, uh, trusting and and consistency and and solidified use case of okay, I'm my curmudgeon. Uh, administrator, I don't like change, and now, uh, as 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 gingerly as you put CentOS stream, it's still a stream, and I don't want to stream. So I I, I can kind of I, I get why they might be frustrated, but I fully understand why Rel would go this direction. Yeah, Th- this this was inevitable. I'm not mad at them for this. It was a it, it was a pure business decision, and you know I, I can't fault them for that. What um the other prong of what's going on here is that there was, and I mean, they didn't have to make good on it. I get that. And I mean, they obviously did not, was that CentOS 8 was supposed to track as long as RHEL 8 did. Yep. And that was 10 years. And we are going to fall eight years (laughs) short of that. So they just missed it. I mean, like, you know, just just missed it. Oh, it's right there. Right there. (laughs) Yep. Almost. And I think that is really where, you know, if you're you're mad at Red Hat for this move, you were one of those people that were counting on the 10 years and you did not get it. Not by a long shot. Right. A lot of the shops that I've ever seen that have run RHEL ran CentOS alongside it when they didn't want to pay 
for the support on that particular machine. If it blew up, they had backups. It wasn't a big deal. They didn't need help with it. None of, none of that stuff, you know, made right. it to the value sheet or whatever mm-hmm. to, to make some payments on things. So it was CentOS, but it was good enough. It was almost as up to date as RHEL was. And, you know, people tested on that. That, that, was, mm-hmm. that was really what that was about. And now that option, at least from RHEL, is gone. Boy, I I don't know. I I'll argue um, a little bit, and I'll say stream is probably close enough. Yeah. That that if you're doing one of those things where it blows up and who cares, whatever, stream is probably the right solution. Uh, honestly, you you're gonna get it a little ahead of rel, but it's gonna see some testing. It's not it's not like it's untested completely. Yeah. And I think it's packaged together well enough that it's still pretty stable. Yeah, we try to spin it as super cutting edge. No, it's still running no. like a, a <laughs> it's, 4.19 kernel or something it, like that, right? It's basically rel the, plus. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just a little before it makes it to rel. And so I don't think it's all the end of the world. Yeah. Personally. The, I think the the real losers in this whole thing. And I don't know how many there are. The, the uh, I'm sure they exist. Are people that ran full CentOS shops mm-hmm. that yeah. just refuse to buy support from Rel at all? And that feels a little wrong, too, right? Well, if you I don't mean, need it, I mean, you know, if you're comfortable know, and I you know. don't and you don't well, need let me, it. Let me put it to you this way: Oracle Linux will let you do that, and they still yeah. let you do that. And now that is one of their selling points. Yeah, right. And well, they're so, hey. in it for the money, just the same. I mean, honestly, there's way more mud to sling at Oracle than there is at right. Red Hat. But well, that's the yeah, unbreakable Linux, right? They offered unbreakable. It. <laughs> the unbreakable kernel, eh, unbreakable, maybe not. Well, so does this push? Does this, you know, does this just push people to Ubuntu? Now, this is an interesting question. So there may be some. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much of an uptick there will be there, but Ubuntu's pretty different. So yeah, it's it's not it's not quite. It is. You can't just transition from one to yeah. The other. No, sure. All that SE Linux knowledge. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. yeah. And, and and to the point, like if you just so so when did CentOS eight come out? Is it mid- about is a it year April, ago? April, okay. Yeah, it was it was a year ago, I think. Just okay. about a it was December. And we all know how that works. A year we ago. all work in IT, so we know how server upgrades go. And mm-hmm. it may yeah, take that didn't you. happen the first month. You're not doing it right away. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's eager to do it. Nobody's no. like, Oh, CentOS is out like I you know, like that yeah. that's not the thing. You know, maybe it's been six, nine months, and now how much money did you just spend? Yep. Labor-wise, let's say yeah. you had, I don't know, a school district or or something, right? That that's right. that's multiple servers, you know, and, and you want you did the upgrade and you did all these cutovers and all these man hours just to find out it's going to last you, yeah, a boy, year, does that hurt? A year? That's, Wowie, that could that mm-hmm. could hurt. That could be. Uh, I know, that, I know what hurt. that feels like because you only have so many opportunities. In right. like an education environment, right? Oh, fall break, man. You were, you were, they were, they were upgrading over, over the you've breaks, got, right? You, like, <laughs> yeah, you've got breaks, and that's the only that's time it. you can get in there and get it done. So you yep. got summer break, you got fall break, and you got, you know, winter break, and then hopefully another one in the spring, and that's it. That's yeah. all you've got for opportunities. Yeah. to 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 get all these upgrades done. Yeah, and, You're not doing uh, this over the weekend. No, no, no. So that's that's rough. Yeah, so where where do refugees go? So if if you just if if you loved CentOS, you have CentOS, you you're going to run out the clock on this and try to move to something that is as close to CentOS as you can possibly get, what are their options? Well, Bullwinkle, I think 
there's this other one out there. Yeah. It might be <laughs> a little it. rocky road sort of. Thing, it might but, be a rocky yeah. road. I don't know. It's not it's not a thing fully just yet. Yeah. yeah. Hey, rocky, let me see your Linux. Yeah. <laughs> rocky so, Linux, yeah. It has it has not materialized yet. Not yet, but it looks like I mean they they've got they've got um uh oh what is it? They they've got the like 5013C, whatever it's that going. is, right? Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. They've got that thing going non-profit. for them. Mm-hmm. That nonprofit, that's it. They've got nonprofit status going. Um that they've got they've got some legs on this. This is going to come to fruition. This will happen. So, you know, we're we're not talking about it, oh, Rocky might come out. No, it really will. It really absolutely will. They put a lot of work into it up to this point. And it seems like if you want that direct descendant. Yeah, Rocky might be the one that you want. Um, and not only that, one of the original creators yeah. of CentOS. Gregory Kurtzer, who was the original found, you know, one of the founders of CentOS, is heading up this go around. He, he, I don't know, left the CentOS project a while ago, right? Yeah. But he's feels like this is a worthwhile venture. So he's well, going to he start it up. once. He, yeah, he's he, going to do it again, right? Yep. So he helped author a project that eventually got gobbled up by Rel, uh, Red Hat themselves. So, you know, I mean, it, there's something there. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people ended up going to CentOS because of the C in the name, because that C used to stand for community. Yep, is the that's community what, enterprise Linux. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what Rocky Linux is shaping up to be again. So if you want the one to one, Rocky's probably your go to. So they are targeting Q2 2021. So yeah, you know maybe they can get it done before. Again, I, I still have the feeling that a lot of these CentOS machines are in education, where they, like you said, they have one rel server at the district office, and then they're like, hey, you know what? <laughs> We're yes. going to run CentOS, CentOS everywhere else. Enough. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they can get it in by summer break, you know, Q2. It's, uh, that would, would be good. You know, that would be a June, June-ish. They could be done and maybe have something shippable by the fall, and maybe someone can escape end-of-life CentOS 8. But what, what, what I think is the, the really interesting thing about this is that because they are, they are so close, because they are binary compatible, everything is compatible, you don't need to reinstall. Right. You don't Shift. need right. to tear the system Sw- down yeah. and Switch bring it back up. Switch your repos and away you go. Yep. Yes. Yep. And that, that is another on the list. Um, whether you like them or not, Oracle Linux provide that. If mm-hmm. you yeah. are on CentOS 8 right now, Oracle Linux will give you a script. I mean, you can go grab it right now. They I don't bet have to they give will. It to you, right? And run that on your server. The repos change, a few different things change, branding changes. And all of a sudden, you're running on Oracle Linux with the option to take the unbreakable kernel. You know, yeah. whether or not it breaks, to be seen. But yeah. yet, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, you can run on the, on the, the rel compatible kernel. Which is yes, you can. quite yes. literally just straight from the rel repos rebuilt. So, I mean, you don't have to run the unbreakable thing, yeah. but it does exist for you if you need the the newer support. And, and you used to have that with scientific Linux, um, right? Way back, but that's that's project since closed up too. So, you're not going to go there. The, so, Red Hat did say that another option, like I, I keep pitching this, is they do have a script to convert your CentOS. Into CentOS stream, yeah, and so that that's also an option, I suppose. I mean, if if you want to stay close to RHEL, I mean, CentOS stream is where you're going to be. That's how it works now. 
I think Joe nailed it. You're going to be looking for the easy route, the easiest route or an easy route. And so running one of these things to convert into the different repos, you know, and, and get yourself on one of these other tracks without having to reinstall. Yeah. That's going to be what you're going to choose probably. Yeah. That's, that's where the Ubuntu path looks a little rocky. That's that's tougher. That's for sure. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of retooling yeah, that you're going to have to do. Versions change. There's a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And not mm-hmm. uh, like personally, I don't think that's a bad no, solution. No, I mean, if, it may be a good solution works, for you. Right. If that works for right. you, you know, but that's not for everybody. Right. Yep. You're talking about a fresh a fresh setup for the most yep. part, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The green Greenfield approach is not always bad sometimes. True. I'll be I'll be trying that with my laptop uh, later yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and don't forget about uh, Project Linux uh, from the Cl- was it Clear Linux. Is that who, who's doing this? Yeah, Intel? I think so. Clear Linux. No, maybe not. What is their no. name? What is it? Uh, Intel Clear, Clear Cloud. Cloud Linux. Cloud uh, Linux OS. Yeah. So Cloud Linux OS is doing CentOS. They are a company that sells Linux stuff. So it kind of it it sounds like. They're gonna be Rel 2.0, where I mean, they ha- they have the stuff that they're selling you, but they're going to give you this thing fully for free, you know, that uh, a CentOS clone basically. Um, and then I would imagine eventually try to upsell you, kind of the way that CentOS used to be to Rel. They have some other products too. So they have um, Kernel Care, they call it, and so that's like Live Patch, if you will, right? O- only outside of the Ubuntu you know, realm. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, live patching your kernel so you don't have to reboot. Yeah, as much. no reboot. You still have to reboot a little, but like not as much. Well, the uh, the uh, uptime folks will really get a kick out of something like that, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. If you're running some sort of hosting thing, though, yeah. um, that would be really important. Exactly. All right. Good or bad, CentOS? I think it could have been handled better. But it's it's in a, inevitable. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. We we could have done something better yes. than uh, than just dropping folks. But I mean, hey, you got a year, I guess. But yeah. still, yeah, it it doesn't look good when the uh, developer rel licenses aren't readily available. Mm-mm. I am inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> You are watching Mozilla Watch 2021. We're going to go high up on Pike's Peak where Leo's playing with his wow stick and he's going to tell us about the latest news. Leo, to you. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. The visuals are amazing up here. Oh, can you see it? Can you see it down there, Leo? Oh, yeah. Way down there, we're watching Mozilla. Checking it out because uh, we had to. We had to. There, there, there's some new things coming out. Not Ooh. something. Something's happening in uh, Mozilla Land, in Firefox Land, and um, it's called Proton or Photon. Well, it's Proton to Photon. Proton, <laughs> and now it's going to be Photon. So uh-huh. Proton was like 2017, circa 2017. Mm. And oh, now they've kind of revitalized it. The way I take it. And uh, it's going to be called Photon. I see. So uh, th- I wonder if they renamed it from Proton because Steam owns that now. Not not uh, as in a trademark way, they, though they probably do. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Just uh, yeah, just kind of differentiate Makes a little sense. bit. But 
Makes yeah, sense. Photon, proton. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was for the wow factor. That's one good decision they've made in the last five years. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, wait. This really is something to be wowed about because yes. this is what I think they've needed to focus on for a while. Face so this is a. No, it's not just you. It's 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 everybody, right? Every everybody out there is like, well, Mozilla's doing this and Mozilla's doing that and Mozilla's doing this, but they're not focusing on Firefox. Well, here you go. Yes. This is a focus on the browser, the thing that got them there. And so right. it's a visual refresh on on the browser. Yeah, new color palette. Move over XFCE. Oh. <laughs> if yeah. it's yeah. it I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. It better be a little more drastic than XFCE's move here. Uh, you know, I, I, it 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 actually kind of does. It's got a different feel to it. The icons are not totally different, but they have this. Um, okay, you know what? I'm I'm gonna make a comparison, and I don't know if it's gonna be apt or not. Microsoft Edge. Ah, uh, so that's what I thought when I saw it. When you look at the icons, as the feel. I'm not sure about the color palette though. Not it's the color palette, a... but like if you look yeah. at the back button, the refresh button, you know, you you hit the the menu, and and you just look at the way that those icons are stylized. That's that's the that's the vibe that I get uh, when yeah. I see these new icons. Yeah, it's, it's Firefox's nice. icons, you know, it's that same library with the leaning book thing going on. You know, so it's so it's not like they just copied and pasted it, but uh, it does give me that vibe because if you go to Chrome. If you go, well, I mean, I guess you could just say all the Chromium variants just about except Edge. Um, they have this uh, very bolded look on the buttons that you press here and there. Um, but yeah, uh, Edge was one of the first ones to go super thin, super thin lines with that. Hey, and now look it looks at like that. Firefox look at that. is following Look at those suit. toggles. Look at those toggles. Doesn't that uh-huh. remind you of something we just saw today? I told you move over XFCE. <laughs> yeah. It's got the same toggles. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are catching on. They're catchy. Well, they are. Yep. They're good looking. It's modern. Uh, I I like it. Uh, I think it, it's going to, I hope, well, you know, again, this is a little speculation, right? I, I mean, a lot well, could happen yeah, this, between now this, and then. This, this is, is not anywhere yeah. close to release. Right. No. It could change very drastically. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, these there. icons that we're talking about might be totally different by the time you hear this. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just. It's nice looking. Uh, I hope this uh, is the direction they're going. Exactly. I think that's the thing. I'd like to see. You know, they're publicizing it a little bit, or at least somebody leaked it somewhere, somehow. And uh, it's getting some publicity, and that's nice to see. I think, yeah, that's that's where we need to go. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's it's got a, almost of a Valdi feel to it. A little for, bit, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it will integrate into your system, but it will have a different look and feel. Kind of the way that, that Vivaldi does its stuff, right? Like, if you're running Vivaldi on Linux... It ain't, it's not GTK. I mean, it, it's no. not, it does not have that look and feel that most things that are built off GTK kind of have. Um, it's, it's kind of going its own direction. And that's really the way that, that Firefox is doing this. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited to yeah. track this. It, it is nice to have some positive news coming out of Mozilla. Like, uh, and I, we, we say news with a grain of salt. Again, this is yeah, potential this development. Released. Yeah. Super yeah. alpha. But it is nice to see some positive things uh, coming out of Mozilla because everything else seems to be doing with financials and and uh, yeah. and everything else these days. Now, let me ask you. Uh, so you guys, uh, or I know, Leo, you are a fan of Firefox mm-hmm. uh, or user of Firefox. I'm I'm I use Firefox, but it's usually by accident. Um, 
if it's the de- well, it's the default here. It, it's yeah. what's there. Yeah, my Manjaro gnome, and I, and I don't hate it. It's just I again, it's I'm using it. It's fine. But uh, it, like, is that the problem with with Mozilla? Like, is the it company? Is it, the company is not a, well, not the problem with the company. So no. I mean, like this, yeah, this is good. Um, is that I think what's some good help press them? will help though? Some good yeah, press will help them. Is that what you were thinking? Because uh, I'm thinking yeah, like, is a refresh like do do people have people turned away from Firefox because they don't like how it looks? I don't think so. I mean, maybe. I don't know, but it can't hurt, right? Little eye candy, little. Well, it can't. It can't hurt. It draws some attention and gets yeah. a little newsworthy because you can see it, and so I think well, all of those things are going to help. I really feel like people don't use Firefox for the politics of it. Um, I, I don't think they look at uh, Mitchell Baker's salary and are like, well, I'm not going to use that browser. Right. Otherwise, right. you wouldn't have a browser to use. Right. You, what, what are you going to do? Use Microsoft's browser? No, that guy gets paid a lot. What are you going to do? Use Google's browser? No, that guy gets paid a lot too. So right. yeah, it's not does. the politics of it. But yeah. I am curious what 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 pushes people away from Firefox? And mm-hmm. it's not because the CEO gets paid too much. Right. Well, and that's it. Uh, is, is So is it, is it more functional issues? Like, are there, is there performance benefits to using a, a Chromium based? Is there, I'm just asking, like, I, I'll, I'll give you the opposite of that. There is a performance difference on my laptop that I use to record the one that I'm on right now. If I look at all the links and the show notes and everything else in Firefox, my laptop is whisper quiet. The fan doesn't kick on. But if I bring up a Vivaldi or a Brave or a Chrome or a Chromium or a whatever. What about IE? IE runs pretty slow. Oh, IE. If I bring up Edge, that's another one where the fans will kick up. It uses more. Well, you know what? I don't even know that it uses more CPU cycles or anything like that. It might be GPU. It heats up the CPU more and Mm -hmm. my fans kick on and that gets caught in a recording and I can't have that. So Firefox is fantastic for keeping things cool. So on a performance side, there's a huge benefit there. Yeah. So, okay. So, so. There's there's a tick box for for Firefox, right? So efficient, mm-hmm. so it it actually maybe runs a little lighter, right? It runs better on that perspective. So why aren't people using it? Like especially in the I Linux world, know. because right? I, I think if I throw a if I threw a poll in our chat and everybody was honest and and and, and really chose the browser, you know, they, instead of just oh I use Firefox, you know, like no you don't, shut up. Uh, we saw your screenshot <laughs> with your Chromium. Um, but that's not the case. Like, why, why do, why, why are people choosing a heavier, you know, uh, Google-based browser? They have an Android Fire. phone. They use YouTube. They, they okay. go to Google every second. And do you know, every time you go to any Google property at all, what is the, what is the thing that you see up in the corner if you're Sign not on in, Chrome? Sign in, man. Yeah. Well, not only that, but what, what it, it literally, there's a little pop-up that's like, yep. hey. Do you want the fastest browser on the web? Right. Even though that's a total lie. Right. It's yeah. like, go get Chromium or Well, go it get used Chrome. to be true. You remember that? I, I remember I how excited I was when I installed Chrome. Yep. Way, 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 it way, way, way back bad. when. It was fast. Because Internet was Explorer really was a tank and just horrendous. And Firefox, before they went to... Um, you know where they're at now. They they were the same way. They were yeah, super clunky slow and heavy yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But Quantum fixed that. That that was just recent. Chrome has turned into an yeah. operating system running on your operating system, basically. Sure, that was the point of yes. it. 
And that is the point of it. They don't want you to leave. Yeah, I don't don't think Firefox is trying to be that. Right. And I mean, that's not. In my in in my opinion, that's a checkbox for Firefox too. I don't need it no, to I be agree. I agree. an entire yeah. operating system. Is it just convenience then? Because like you said, probably. But right? like because it is super convenient. Like you said, you got your little icon up in the corner because you're signed into your Google properties. Right. Every Google thing that you, that you go to on your Chrome, you're signed in. You're set yeah. to go. You don't have to sign in. You don't have to take the time. You want to click on that Google Doc link? It clicks on it. And it opens it up and puts it in your drive, you're all set. Yeah. I think we're just being too nerdy about it. Um, you know, people don't give it as much thought as we're as we're saying they do. It's just uh what what browser do I know? Chrome. Go. So I'm I'm in Firefox and I am in I, I said I use it by accident, but I actually am logged into all my Google stuff on Firefox. Sure. And I, I mean can. it's it feels the same. Like I can click and go to photo. Like I can get back and forth and I'm staying in Firefox and everything's Fine. And it's not on fire. It's not molten. It's not, uh, you know, horrible. No, no, no. It's a browser. I'm, I'm just wondering, like, why? Why? They have just been just as far as market share. And, but they don't have a phone. That's it. Well, actually, yeah. The, they don't have a that's, phone. Probably, that's part of it. That might right? have, have a part of it, for that's sure. That's part of it. Because right. w- w- if you look at the, the the situation when Firefox, well, or back then it was kind of Phoenix and Netscape mm-hmm. and you know that whole time, we didn't have phones. We didn't have right. – we hardly had Google Mail during some of that. But there wasn't an ecosystem to Google. But there is now. And mm-hmm. I think that's right. the defining factor. I think that's why we see Mozilla kind of, you know, chipping away at their market share or Google is chipping away at Mozilla's market share because of that. Because Google's the name you know. Firefox is the name that that nerdy guy down the street told you about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that especially if you're on Windows. Um, but on Linux, it's given to you. So you have to actually go out of your way to get Chrome. And folks do that more often than they do. Well, they are. And, and, and I would say people that are running Linux tend to be more in the know about things and they still get to, Chrome and they're still getting Chrome. <laughs> so yeah. is it a, it's a comfort level though, right? Because let's face it, most of the Linux users, they were Windows users or Mac mm-hmm. OS users mm-hmm. before they became Linux users. And that, yeah. that's why there's they, so much friction coming over to Linux. start there. Yeah. Right. So, so they're going back to the roots that they know. They're going to the browser that they used over on Windows and over on Mac OS. That's, yeah. that's exactly why they're doing it. I want to adjust the laser a little bit to you that's listening. Did we get it right? I mean, are are you in one of the groups that we have described or are you somebody totally different and you've been shaking your head this entire time and it's like, that's not me at all. Let me tell you why. Um, because we've got open ears here. I want to know why you chose Chrome or a Chromium variant over right. Firefox. Is it the tabs on the left? Is that really a killer feature, <laughs> or you know, is it something else? I don't know. Right. I'd like to know. It's it it it's, I, it blows my mind. I mean, because again, um, it just it, it doesn't seem like we're excited. Maybe that they're that we'll have some some little reformatting and things will look good, and maybe they'll add more, more tools that make the browser feel a little better. I, I'm not sure, but it, it really seems like people who know would choose Firefox over Chrome. At the very least, Google Chrome and and maybe Chromium because it runs more efficient. And especially like if you're on a, a, a you know, we do hear a lot about how 
um, oh, Linux is great because I have my, my laptop's a little older or, or something like that. So there are a lot of people in the community that that is the case. There's a lot that are more on my spectrum where every, you know, I, I try and I like newer hardware and stuff, but there's a lot that aren't. You would think they would just boom, Firefox, because it's going to run a little more efficiently and I'm going to save power and I'm going to all these other things. Yeah. Please tell us. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm so, I've always been curious. Like I just would love to know, is this facelift going to do it? Are you going to be like, Ooh, look, they have a, they have a mauve color palette. Ooh, is that, is that corn, cornflower blue? Oh, look, <laughs> I can, I can now make my browser cornflower blue. I'm back on Firefox, yeah, that's, guys. That's Maseka like, Azul. Yeah, it's, right. It's the, the, solarized, the blue corn tortillas, man. Like that, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, there, now good. there's some it's nice cool. looking colors in there. Like I'm, yeah. you know, um, look, look. Go to the show notes. Click on this link. It's the one from. Uh, it's from Debug Point. They've got yeah. some pictures on it. Go check that out. It's, yeah, go it's, check it's, it out. It, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. All right. Before we wrap this section up, we had a couple of wishes. Some things that we wanted to see happen in 2021. Some things. This, this is not a prediction. At all? No, no predictions. No here. This predictions. This is this is. I want to see this in 2021. I want to. I want to see it happen. So, uh, Dan, what what do you want to see happen? So, on my wish list, I'm really pleased with where the Pine 64 uh, project and all of the things that they're cranking out. At, you know where they're at. They're they're super successful, and they they recently talked about their future, um, and. You know they've got some upcoming plans. Like they're planning, they're they're planning uh, a new chip set to go in the new devices that they're they're working on, and I think that's pretty exciting. They they talked about a a six month time frame for uh, you know six to twelve month time frame, and I'm hoping it's going to be closer to the six month time frame because I, I'm super excited to see that. So that's where I'm at. I hope they can roll it out just as fast as they possibly can. I think they've done an excellent job with the manufacturing of the products that they've already got. I mean, it's they've delivered on everything yeah. so far, I think. So super excited there. That's my wish. So mine's, mine's kind of in the same vein uh, because it could be a pine thing. I don't know what, what I, what one of the two things that I wish for is I want to see it can either be Pine or it can be Raspberry Pi or it could be some third player that I don't know about. I want to see what a two or $300 Raspberry Pi would do. Like, give me extra cores. Give me, you know, eight gigs of RAM is probably fine. Eight, 16, somewhere in that, somewhere in that um, vicinity. But, you know, don't, don't give me four cores. Give me 16 or 24 or 32 cores. And I want to see if I can move everything that I run here at home over to an arm stack. That's that's my that's that's fifty percent of my twenty twenty one wishes. Give me beef in that arm. That sounds good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get behind that one. All right, one of mine is um, something we mentioned earlier today. I have long suffered with my four K laptop screen, <laughs> and to the credit. Uh, scaling, uh, uh, DPI scaling has become a thing in the desktop and it's great, but boy, is it not there when you go to install distributions. Got to get that Game Boy magnifying glass, man. So I feel like GNOME is the best and maybe the only one that where I put in a live USB, it's like, hey, guess what? He's got 
four, eight billion thousand trillion pixels, I'm not going to make everything a centimeter tall. Uh, I'm going to actually make it to where this guy can see it because I like this guy and I want him to continue installing <laughs> my distro. Me and Gnome have a good relationship. We talk often. Yeah, there's there's way more money behind Gnome. I mean, look at all the yes. the, the desktop yeah. environments and the companies behind it. So that the, the people that are working on Gnome that can afford sense. those 4K yeah, monitors, it makes sense. man. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, that again, yes, uh, fractional scaling is cool. You can get in there, whatever. But man, I don't have a magnifying glass when I go to install it. So I would love to get a little better support out of a live USB installation wise. Have you tried to install something? You got to basically, I got to turn my monitor into a 1080p. And I know you guys are saying at home, like this guy, like complaining that he's got to right click and go 1080p. It's, I don't know how, how many distros do we install a year? <laughs> <laughs> and I like to run them on my laptop so I can carry them with me. Yeah. yeah. So I see it so much more. Like I just see it a lot. And it yeah. would just be really nice if out of the box it would recognize. And I don't know if that's a hardware issue, software issue, what the issue is. But if it would recognize, ooh, here's my display. Let me go to an appropriate you know, default. And, and that way he can install his stuff without having to. My wife looks at me sometimes. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to see the tick box. So I can change the resolution <laughs> on the screen and I can't find it because XFCE, never mind. So they uh, fixed that, that. Yeah, they did fix it. But it's been a struggle that I've had for, I've not been quiet about it for many years. Yeah. Uh, and I would just, I would love, please, all of you out there, if you work for the desktop teams, please, please, 4K, please, live USB. That's one of my hopes and dreams this year. <laughs> I hope you get it. All right. My second wish, and this this sounds weird, okay? I really want Intel to come out with their their discrete graphics that they're talking about for their laptops. Mm -hmm. I want to see that happen because when you go install a Linux distribution on a laptop, you want something that's supported. Like you get those fancy new NVIDIA things and it needs proprietary drivers and you get black screen on reboots. Nobody wants that nonsense. And you don't necessarily need all that horsepower for a laptop. I mean, it, most people don't game on their laptops. Some Bite your do. tongue, Dan. How dare Some you? Some people do. Some people do. <laughs> but like, you think about it, you probably, if you're doing heavy graphics horsepower, you're probably going to have a dedicated card in your desktop. Right, I mean that's that's the way you're gonna go. I play a lot of but games at my XPS. I'm just saying. Here's here's my <laughs> bonus reasoning is that Intel coming out with this will help push AMD a little harder because otherwise they'll end up getting complacent and they always do rolling uh, not rolling out the big you mm -hmm. know new stuff and they've been really good lately about doing that. I think so as long as you can buy I, it. I think some competition going on between all these vendors is really good. So ultimately what I'm hoping for is better discrete graphics and the little competition going on there in the laptop space. Yep. You know what, Dan, the other op, uh, bonus to that, which I fully hope that happens is Intel makes their own Linux distribution. So, they do. uh, you know, which is, doesn't get enough play, in my opinion. I think we need to talk about it more. But yes, I think that would even play into it more because even with AMD, like I have the 4000 series yep. chip, 
but I can't run barely any Linux on it because yeah. it's too new. So yeah. I've got to run a kernel that's like five nine or, or better. Um, as I have found out recently with Budgie, that uh, doesn't have a more recent <laughs> yeah. kernel. So yes, I'm, yeah, man, Dan, that's that's so an the- awesome wish. I hope uh, I hope all your dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> so my second and final one is uh, Firefox again. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I I need Firefox to become a major player again. That's what I need. I need that to happen because nature abhors a monoculture. Chromium is that. I mean, what 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 is what is Firefox now? It's like three point something percent of the entire market. Yeah. Uh, a big chunk of that is um what is what is Safari, whatever Safari is. And then yep. everything else is just Chrome, Chromium. And I mean, we, we see it time and time again. You you find a bug in Chromium and it's not just in Chromium. It flows down to Chrome and then it flows down to Brave and it flows down to Vivaldi and it flows down to Edge and it flows down and it flows down and everybody else that's based off Chromium gets that bug too. And if you're using one of the second, third, fourth tier Chromium variants, then you got to wait for that group to update the underlying Chromium to fix that bug. And yeah. depending on how fast that goes, you may be more vulnerable um, than you need to be. The only devil's advocate to that is that having more companies, big companies like Microsoft and Google, work on those projects together might help. If there is one of those bugs, it might help move that along a little better. But I tend to agree. I think healthy competition is a good thing, and it'd be nice to see Firefox come back alive, you know, and, and a player in the market. For sure. Yeah, it'd be nice to actually see some competition. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe Photon's going to do it for us. Maybe, that, maybe. That's, that's the thing. Yep. That's yeah. the thing. Photon, Proton. I'm in. What, whatever. Yeah. All right. My second and final hope and dream for this year is some form of SATA or M.2 slot for the Raspberry Pis. So oh, yeah. that's that, the one. Like, that's a good one. That's the, the I think that's like the, the little anchor that weighs them down is, is that running off of an SD card. Like it's just not, it's not great. The USB solution is okay, but I would love yeah. to see a SATA or a, an M.2 uh, variant, some type of either hat that does it or, or just a new pie model, you know, that, that has it, um, would be awesome. That would really make my life wonderful this year. With your wish and my wish combined, uh, we form. Oh yeah. Like super pie, whatever it is. I don't know, Joe, you might have the one wish that, that is almost guaranteed to come true. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I feel like that's got a strong, strong contender. I was hoping for it last year. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm putting it out there this year. So I'm I'm hoping that if I say it and then I'm sure there's other people that have said it, that if we say it enough, it'll it'll happen. It might not be as good as what you're hoping for. So you might have to settle for like EMMC or something like that, which is still a little better than where we're at. So yeah. let's 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 hope. Yeah, I'll take it. Um but yeah, let's hope. Housekeeping. 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 Keeping of the house. Who's keeping it? I'm keeping me. it. Me. Let me keep your house. You get the dog. I'm keeping the house. <laughs> get out. Dan, get out of my house. We're through. I don't want the dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, don't let the dog hear you say that. You keep the Firefox. I keep the computer. He was just here a minute ago. (laughs) The podcast community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. This podcast is not exclusively for Linux. In fact, other platforms might be highlighted more than Linux in this podcast. Our podcast showcase has the SANS Internet Stormcast. So in under 10 minutes every day, you can catch up on the latest vulnerabilities and exploits. Now I know Leo listens. So what do you think? I love it. Um, this this is when I right when you wake up and you're trying to consume the things that you need to know for the day. Um, the, the, this this is this is the order in which I do it. I, I wake up, I start brewing some coffee, I put my tinfoil hat on, and I listen to this show. <laughs> That's <laughs> tinfoil hat required right. at the door, right? They're checking yeah. for them at the door. And yeah. and the moment this show is over, coffee's ready. Wow. That's nice. It's fantastic. It, I mean, whatever came out vulnerability wise, Sans is one of the one of the groups yeah, that keeps on absolutely. top of that. Um, and this is just Sans telling you, hey, there's some updates coming your way because this is broken and this is broken and this is broken. You should probably pay attention to this if you know if this affects you. Um, so it, it it gives you some lead time on a lot of that kind of stuff. If you're an IT admin of any kind and you're tasked with security in any way, you should listen to this podcast. I think he delivers it in a way that's um, explanatory, even for, you know, the average people, you know, probably people in our community anyway, they're a little more tech savvy and more into technology and what's going on. So I think the way it's delivered is uh, not over the top technical, which is easy to do on a lot of these vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of letting you know where you need to put your guard up. Yeah, and I've I've really appreciated that he's been tracking the uh the solar winds thing very oh, close. That's been a good one. Yeah. Every every little bit of information makes it to the show and I love it. So Joe, you get you're gonna listen to this? I'll add it to the list. You guys are killing me. Do you know how many unlistened like if you look at my It's four minutes a day. That's four perfect. minutes out of your day. Look at my oh, to do wow, podcast. More than list. I have. It's, look at this. Look at this. That's a lot. Look at look at this. Scro- still scrolling. He, he's been scrolling this entire time, folks. Still that scrolling, are just guys. He's, he's still uh, scrolling. I listen to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> and I have a <laughs> hard a time getting them all in. But I will. Well, this, oh, well. this is a short one, so yeah. Hopefully that works. I'm telling right. you, what, tinfoil hat coffee. That show easy. Gotcha. Four minutes. Four minutes. It's four minutes. Is it every day? Yeah, just about. Less than ten. Good grief! I don't know. That might. I might be. That might just be too scary. Like some of them are like am I, yeah, well am I, am I, maybe i don't want to see can i you wear the tinfoil i'll wear the blinders how okay. about that and then that okay. way <laughs> all right feel free to send your emails to contact at linuxuserspace.show and we can have a discussion on the show about them we appreciate all of our sponsors on patreon and if you would like to join them in supporting the show head on over to patreon.com slash linuxuserspace Please follow us on Twitter at Linux User Space to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. Possibly a little cheeky banter too. Always. Always. We also have our growing Telegram group. Please join us over at linuxuserspace.show slash telegram to continue the conversation. Lastly, Don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website, 
linuxuserspace.show. Where my Twitter feed handle is correct now, thanks to one <laughs> wonderful listener. <laughs> whoops. Yep, how long that was wrong? Ah, months. Ah, Just fine. since we started. Nobody was hunting me anyways, but still. It's fixed. Definitely it's not fixed. if you got the wrong one. Well, I think they found me, but just had to search. <laughs> Thank you, kind listener. This is Focus App, where we app on the focus. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> you got through it. <laughs> and the app we're going to focus on is Gnome Boxes. It's really a not just one app, right? I mean, Gnome Boxes is a front end for yeah. KVM. That's 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 what this thing is all about. That's the underpinnings. Yep. So Gnome Boxes is an easy to use face on top of KVM, which is the kernel virtual manager. Essentially, the built-in Linux native hypervisor. In other words, it runs VMs with all the strength of KVM, but it's an even simpler way than something like VirtualBox or VMware Player or Workstation. You want to try Endeavor OS? You want to try and cobble together Arch? You want to do uh, or check out the latest beta of this or that? This is super easy. This is one of the biggest reasons that, that you should give it a shot. Uh, I, I know most folks can just, you know, sudo apt install VirtualBox or DNF install VirtualBox or whatever, but you really should give GNOME boxes a try. If you have simpler needs and want to kind of get away from the proprietary VMware or away from Oracle, we were talking about them earlier, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or, but it's unbreakable. It, well, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> and even if you just want to give KVM a try, like you're thinking about running full-blown KVM with Virtual Machine Manager and, you know, all the nuts and bolts, bridge this and that and all that. Um, This is an easy way to see if the performance of KVM is really what you want. Uh, Gnome Boxes is going to give that to you. So if you want to get your hands on this and you've got Flatpak already installed (laughs) with FlatHub, then it's easy. Flatpak install org.gnome.boxes, I think is actually the command for it. But I mean, just search up boxes and you'll, you'll get the, um, the, the name of the package. Install that, you're done. That's it. Fire it up and start clicking the plus button to add yourself some VMs. Yeah, it sure does mash the easy button on installing a virtual machine. And there's a couple of them like, that it throws in your face a little bit. So they're even easier. So you just yeah. a couple of clicks away and there you go. You're running your first virtual machine. Yeah. It's like, here's Red Hat. Here's Fedora. Yeah. yeah. And there's an Ubuntu down there too. <laughs> yeah. But hey, but like, you know what else it did? And it didn't used to do this. It, uh, when I launched it, it found all the ISOs that were sitting on my mm-hmm. downloads folder, like, mm-hmm. or on a, a USB drive. Like it, it was like, hey, these are all here. You want to install one of them? So yeah. that was kind of cool. Um, it's got some nifty features. It'll even download ISOs for you. If it's on the list yep. of known known yep. distributions, you click on it, it'll download the ISO, add it to the VM, and set you on your way. So you don't even have to yeah. fiddle with the add it. And I think it will even do like the one-click Windows install. Ooh. Yeah, I believe if you plug in your if you plug in your stuff like ahead of time, it just does it just goes through the whole thing. In for mm-hmm. you, wow. so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They released that. Was it last year? Um, yeah, it's pretty great. 
I pretty yep. much only use boxes these days. I've stopped using the others. Yeah, I mean, VirtualBox was always my go-to, but I mean, the simplicity. I, there's no, there's no DKMS for this. You don't gotta no. like compile this or that to make it all work. If you want the latest versions of VirtualBox, you kind of have to do that. Um, but no, it's just Flatpak, no boxes. Yeah. It handles itself. Want to check out XFCE 4.16? I installed it while we were firing up the show. Like I just installed it, click, boom, 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 done. Yep. A couple of minutes. Easy. Yep. So definitely worth taking a look at GNOME boxes, especially if you're a VirtualBox user. It'll handle you. Next time, we'll be talking about the distro of the month for January. We've already spent a couple of weeks with it. Well, almost. And that'll be Solus. If Joe can figure out how to put it on his XPS. Well. Yeah, if he can get it installed, <laughs> he'll be all set. Yeah, uh, just throw it extra hard. Uh, maybe I've thrown be... it. I'm going to tell you right now that, that USB drive seen better days. <laughs> so uh, it, it focuses on Budgie. We're going to focus on Budgie. Uh, I think we're all going to take that route this go around, even yes. though there are a couple of other uh, des- uh, desktop environments that you can get in Solus. We're going to focus on Budgie because they make Budgie. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening and for all of the support that you've shown us so far. New listener, thank you for finding us. Old listener, thanks for sticking with us this long. Uh, Please follow along as we continue to test Solus and have a good time doing it. Uh, Join us in the Telegram group so you can tell us just how awesome a time you're having. Where can we find you, fine folks? You can find me at KC2BEZ. You can find me at JoJo underscore Fett. And you can find me at Leo Chavez on Twitter. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space. You get a flashlight, too. I know. It actually, that was very helpful. You get your hand down in there, you can't see. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I like it. Yeah, I used it. It was good. All about the base. So in it, oh, does it like float above the, does it? Yeah. Wow. That is some base. That's like a badonkadonk. Yeah. Just wow. That's, that's crazy light. It's a nice LED. You've got a vibrating screw called the wow stick that you use on the screw pad with lots of tips i'm offended i i'm thoroughly offended dan this is 